Veterans are on the verge of making even more history. Thanks to vets, VA is on the verge of enrolling our one millionth veteran into the Million Veteran Program, or MVP. MVP will help make important healthcare discoveries for veterans like you. So visit mvp.va.gov today to learn more and join nearly one million of your fellow brothers and sisters in arms who are taking part in this groundbreaking research. That's mvp.va.gov. Thanks a lot. Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm Marine Corps veteran, your host. My name is Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce ASEC of ASEC Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reaper's Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, all veteran-owned businesses, Quezon Shaving Company, Black Cat Designs, and Savage American Woodwork. So, folks, we are in November. It's like Veterans Month, Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, the poppy, the whole nine yards. And I feel like right now, like right now, I should be at the position of attention doing this because this is kind of like a momentous day for Oscar Mike Radio. I've talked to a lot of ranks, both foreign and U.S. military. And today is the first day I talked to a general. Yes, folks, a general. I want to, you know, I'm just pleased as punch to welcome uh, U.S. Air Force retired Brigadier General Robert Thomas Oscar Mike Radio, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Travis. And uh, just like you and all the other vets, I was a general at one time, but now I'm just Bob. Bob it is, no problem. <laughs> uh, and Bob is here to talk with us about um, a, a nationwide nonprofit, Operation Homefront, and some of the things that they are doing. We're going to get into all that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just great to be able to learn, sir, about uh, nonprofits and what they do, and they're everywhere. And Operation Homefront has been around for a while. But before we get into the good stuff, and it's all good, if you would, for people out there, kind of tell us a little bit about Bob and your Air Force career. You don't have to go into detail. We could do like 15 shows on your 30-plus year career, but just at a high level, what did, what did you do in the Air Force? Well, um, I uh, my father was in the Air Force, so I was a military kid. I bounced around to <clears throat> dozen bases growing up, and when I turned 18, graduated from high school, uh, going into the Air Force seemed like the logical thing to do, so uh I had been 18 for three weeks and I headed off to the Air Force Academy and uh, graduated four years later. Uh, my uh, graduation speaker was Ronald Reagan. So that's a real uh, wonderful memory on my end. And then I went to uh, went to flight school. That was my dream was to be an Air Force pilot. I ended up spending uh, just shy of 31 years. I got to do all kinds of uh, just amazing things. Like everyone who's been in the military has got all kinds of great stories. But I flew uh, strategic airlift uh, tankers. I served a very short tour at the United Nations, working sporting uh, peacekeeping missions uh, worldwide. I had a real, probably my career highlight was working at the Joint Special Operations Command, uh, Command for General McChrystal oh, wow. and deploying downrange to Iraq and Afghanistan with those guys. Uh, just the most wonderful men and women you could ever uh, imagine on the face of the earth. And then finished up, uh, 
running uh, ROTC and, and officer training school for the Air Force. And I asked my boss, why, why me? Because I'm an Air Force Academy guy. And he goes, well, you're the neutral guy. You know, if I, if I pick an ROTC guy, the OTS guys are offended or vice versa. So you'll, you'll be the honest broker. And it was fun to hang around with the, the next generation of Air Force officers. They're very talented, unbelievably smart. And then so I find myself uh, in my first civilian job, which is working at Operation Homefront, supporting military families. So just a couple of just a couple of Air Force questions for you before we go into Operation Homefront. Um, did you ever go through Barksdale Air Force Base? I did. Just uh, touch and go, offload uh, offload some gear. I, it's fun to see the B fifty twos on the ramp there. B fifty twos, what KC tens and A tens? Yes, it, you know, at different times, uh, the different airplanes are stationed at all different bases. But the, you know, the B fifty twos are always the impressive airplane on the ramp. So so. Last last Air Force question for for this conversation, you know the the the, the F sixteen, the F fifteens, and F twenty two gets the quote glory. The A tens are are beloved, but let me ask you something, sir. You're on the tarmac, you've got clearance to take off, and you throttle up on the C five, which is the biggest you know military transport aircraft. What's it like having that much feel that plane get behind you to take off and the cargo you have in that? What's that like to you? Does it ever get old? It never gets old. It never gets old. And, you know, uh, my impression of the C-5 on my last flight was the same as when I was a kid at the air show, which is this is just a giant machine. And you it doesn't feel giant when you're, you know, you're sitting up higher. Yeah. And the flight controls have a lot of uh, hydraulic augmentation, so they don't feel heavy. But it's, it, you know, every minute in, in a, uh, an Air Force airplane is just uh fantastic and so it is it is a special feeling especially in the c5 because it's so big awesome awesome so you're you're, you take your last c5 flight and then you transition out to operation homefront what was that transition like how did you get connected with operation homefront well i uh like a lot of men and women who leave the military i did not have a good plan i mean my my uh my goal as a kid was to be an air force pilot i was very focused on that I was living my dream every day and, uh, you know, retirement always seemed like something that was out there beyond the horizon. I didn't have to worry about it, but that day came and, uh, and I just simply was not prepared, uh, did not have a resume, did not have a good plan. And, uh, so for about eight months, you know, I was sitting around, my wife was starting to get annoyed with me, um, saying, Hey, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And, um, and very fortunately, I ran into an old uh, boss of mine who had been my uh, boss at McGuire Air Force Base way back. And uh, he asked me uh, what I was up to and if I ever considered nonprofit work. And I said, you know, sir, at this time, I'm, I'm willing to consider just about anything. I mean, that sounds wonderful. And, um, you know, uh, a few months later, he uh, <clears throat> he asked me if I was interested in, in joining the team at Operation Homefront, which was a fantastic opportunity because our mission is to help build strong, stable, secure military families. So they thrive, not struggle to get by, but thrive in those communities they've worked so hard to protect. And for me, serving military families was right up my alley. I, I am, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a military family. I served in the Air Force on active duty for uh, over 30 years. Um, it's perfect. And it's a way to stay connected to the mission, stay connected to military families and really make a difference in people's lives. Um, so it's a wonderful job. So, so a little bit more about Operation Homefront. I understand it's been around for over two decades. 
you know, large, you know, reach across the nation. And, but I was really curious to, to understand why the focus on military families. And the reason I asked that is, is I heard it from old salts in the Marine Corps and army that, you know, Hey, you know, your, your, your wife and your family wasn't part of your, you know, equipment issues. So, you know, why are we having to do all this MWR stuff? And I found it interesting that your focus truly is on the whole family. And, and we was curious if you would, would kind of expand on that, sir. Well, uh, um, the, the family is critical, uh, okay. to, to the military. And, and the, when I was a commander, I had six, uh, different commands at different levels, uh, I focused on a family when I was in command and here's my, here's my, uh, the scenario you're downrange, you're in a tough spot, but you can't focus on your job because back at home, your family doesn't have adequate housing. Their medical care is, is not sufficient. The kids are struggling in school. Um, uh, perhaps they don't, uh, have enough, uh, money in the bank account to, 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 uh, to do what they want to do. How can you focus on your job if, if, you, you don't have a good feeling your family's taken care of. So it's a readiness issue on the active duty side. Um, but uh, once once uh, you leave the military, you're not in the military anymore. And family is very, very important. And ultimately, family is going to be with you uh, through thick and thin. So importantly, the veteran is a key member of the family. But supporting the family is what makes us different. There's a lot of organizations that focus on the veteran. They're all great. Uh, they're wonderful organizations, but our focus is on the family with the veteran being a key member of the family. But uh, you see that in all of our programs, they have very much a family focus. Well, that's the thing, sir. I, I, I looked, you know, through your website and other things about Operation Homefront and it's family, family, family. We want to support the family. And then I remember, I, I remembered some of my Marine Corps time where I had, I had E5s, E6s, and, and even some, sometimes an officer something happens and they're, you know, 500,000, 2000 miles away. And what do you do? And we were told in the Marine Corps that there, there were actually people I served with on food stamps to, to make it. And, and so it was very interesting to understand the, the overall mission focus of operation Homefront. Um, you join this organization and you start getting slotted in. What was that like transferring from being an Air Force leadership to now being, you know, the chief operating officer and, and running the organization as a whole? Well, um, in some ways, it's very similar to the yeah. militaries, but in other ways, it's dramatically uh, different. So uh, our organization has a very high percentage of uh, female employees. About 70 percent of our employees are, are, are uh, female and when I first started, that was dramatically different. And uh, it took a, a few weeks for me to get used to that. But but now, you know, it it it, it it's second nature. Yeah. But, um, you know, the military culture where uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, uh, all those kind of things. It, it's different in the private sector. In, in in a lot of ways, I think I'm stuck in as being a military guy in a civilian job. And I'm never going to be uh, uh, completely 100% civilian with, uh, you know, no military uh, impact on the way I approach things. But uh, it, it was a, uh, a challenging transition. I think a lot of veterans go through the same thing. It's just a completely different world. So talking about the programs Operation Homefront does, and we'll get to the main one here in a second that we're, we're really going to dig into. Um, how are the programs, I don't know, 
conceived or, or, or concepted. I guess I don't like to assume stuff, but there has to be a need there. You all see the need and you feel the need. So how does that work within the framework of what Operation Homefront does? Well, the the space we really want to focus on is the relief space. And we define the relief space as critical financial assistance and transitional housing. And so critical financial assistance, uh, our program is based on needs. So if, you're, if your finances are really strong and you got a lot of money in the bank, then you don't really qualify for our program. But, but most of our clients in that program are families going through transition. So they're out of the military. A lot of families have no savings and then uh, they get faced with some unexpected bill. So it could be a unexpected car repair. Uh, they could be they're in between civilian jobs and they need help with a rent or mortgage or a, a uh, high utility bill. And so we wanna be there for those families so they don't do um, what, what none of us should do, which is pull out your credit card and run the balance way up or go out and get a payday loan. We wanna be there to help the families get through that difficult time and then off to a bright future. Housing is a big deal nationwide. I mean, uh, I'm very, very concerned about housing, very concerned about mortgage rates and the ability for families to buy that entry level home. I think it's just uh, completely out of reach in a lot in a significant part of the country. Our recurring family support programs focus on junior enlisted families. So pay grades E1 to E6, active duty. Uh, why, why that group? Because they have the smallest paychecks. They tend to have young children in the home. They've got a lot of bills. And so our two big programs in that space, or we have three big programs, Back to School Brigade, our Holiday Meals Program, and our uh, Star Spangled Baby Showers Program. So uh, what we found is uh, in our critical financial assistance metrics is we have uh, two peaks every year. We have a peak in demand for help right around back to school time. It's yeah. very expensive time for military families. So we want to have a program in place that provides a very subtle form of uh, economic relief in the form of a backpack full of school supplies for military kids. And we value the backpack plus the school supplies at about $50 a backpack. Um, holiday meals, same thing. We don't want a military family who has sacrificed so much for all of us to be in a situation, do I pay my rent this month? Or do I give uh, my family some some presents at Christmas time? Or do I have a uh, a holiday meal, a special meal? So we want to uh, focus on that time of year. It's it's a very uh, it, uh, stressful time economically for for everyone. I think most families in America spend more in the fourth quarter than the other times of the year. And then of course, baby showers. Bringing a new family on board is expensive. When you start adding up diapers, I mean, I've made my fair share of midnight diaper runs. Right. You know, it's a must-have. Um, and baby food and uh, car seats, you know, it just all adds up. So we want to have a baby shower and give a, a, a goodie bag to all the new moms out there. Once again, focusing on junior military families. So our programs really are targeted on on the need of the veterans. And so we, we try to meet the need and not not really have a lot of programs that are all I call it all fluff. I mean, all of our programs get to a core need of uh, military families. Just to clarify, just in case I missed it, is Operation Homefront serves a portion of active duty people serving actively right now, but also serve transitioning veterans who just got out of the military? Yes. Yeah, so the active duty support really is in the form of the holiday meals and the back to school program and the, and the baby shower program. The critical financial assistance and transitional housing programs really focus on uh, primarily on those veterans that have uh, 
just left the military. Sure, sure. And, and before we go to the holiday meals programs, what we're talking about is, you know, I, I do wonder, sir, what's going to happen with housing, because even for, you know, college kids that I know trying to buy a house, it's it's like, hey, I between student loans and, you know, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm, I'm 28 years old living with mom and dad because there's just nowhere for me to go in certain parts of the country. It, it something's got to change. I, I can't imagine being, you know, an E6, E7 retired or, or getting out because of injury trying to find a home right now. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. Um, you know, we have a transitional homes for veterans program. Uh, this year, we uh, hope to purchase our 40th home for that program. Uh, we should have 52 homes by 2026. And in that program, it's kind of like base housing for those of us who lived in base housing. We catch a family uh, within four years of discharge. We put them up in the home for two to three years. They pay a, a, a small stipend uh, to stay in the home, $500 a month. Um, and then we, the goal of the program is to put them in, in a position to buy their own home upon graduation. They don't have to buy their own home, but we want them to be in a, a position where they can if they decide that's the right thing for them to do. Uh, and then once they graduate, uh, we put a new family in the home. So while they're in the program, they'll get some coaching on uh, home buying. They'll uh, work with a caseworker to reduce debt, increase savings, achieve a personal goal. Most of the time it's getting that great civilian job or completing some kind of academic degree or certification. But you know what I like most about that program is when you graduate. So let's say you're in the program for three years, 36 months, that $500 a month that you you pay to operational front for a stipend, we give you all that money back. So if you're uh -huh. in the program for 36 months, we'll give you a check when you graduate for $18,000. You can buy down a loan on a home or use it for other family priorities. But the goal is to help families transition because that those years right after you get out of the military, uh, all, all veterans are very vulnerable. You yeah. know, there's always a few guys um, in your buddy network who have it all figured out and they do a wonderful, but I think there's a lot and I'll put my, my name in that bucket too, who don't really have a good plan and a program that like, like that really makes a big difference uh, in all our housing programs. On average, families save about $1,100 a month in our housing programs. We, we provide uh, rent-free housing and that those dollars add up. It allows them to pay down their debt, increase their savings, have a little bit of pad. Yeah. to uh, help uh, help them get through some kind of family emergency. Fantastic, fantastic. So folks, it's November 9th. You're watching this, it's November 9th. Veterans Day is in two days and the Marine Corps birthday is tomorrow, which is an important day. But we are, for you all, this is the real push for the holiday meals for military program. And sir, do you think people in America understand what, somebody in active duty service or even a veteran just getting out goes through going to the grocery store and with a shopping cart full of food and realize, Oh my God, I've got to feed my family. I've got to put food on the table and have some, a little extra for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but this is it for the month for the day and the, the stress that causes, because I don't think people do. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think, uh, Part of our mission is to remind uh, those, uh, our fellow citizens of the service and the sacrifices of our military families. And, you know, the, uh, the, the family member who wears a uniform to work, and sometimes uh, two family members, uh, 
uh, they, they, they enlisted, they signed up, but the rest of the family didn't. So, uh, and, you know, let's take the perspective of a child. Um, they really go through a lot. So, I, you know, I'll just give my story. It's a silly story, but I worked hard on the local football team here in Texas. And then uh, dad moves to Florida. And now I was going to be a starter, but I go to a new school, big school, and uh, they've got their team set. And so uh, the team that I left in Texas went on to win the 5A state championship. And so, you know, to a child, things like that are important. And it could be the band. It could be, hey, I had the lead role in the school play or uh, in many cases, hey, I left all my friends. And so uh, it is tough uh, being a military family and um, and the transition can be can be just as difficult on the uh, non-service members as the rest of the family. So just just curious here, how did this holiday meals plan program get started in the first place? What, what yeah, started so, uh, funny you should ask that. So uh, upstate New York uh, in in a, a grocery store, uh, a, a executive from uh, Beam Centauri. So Jim Beam, uh, yeah. executive for the company the is whiskey. in line. The whiskey. Okay. And uh, and it's obvious there's a, uh, you know, Fort Drums up there. Um, yeah. It's obvious there's a young military spouse with a couple of small kids. You know, taking small kids to the grocery store is always exciting. And uh, we've all been there. You know, you get to the grocery store, you, uh, you go to checkout, and all of a sudden you, you're like, wow, I never thought there was it would cost that much. And so that's what happened. And this young uh, military spouse, she didn't have enough money in the bank account to cover. And, and, and it was obvious that she was preparing for a holiday meal. You know, she had a lot of the holiday type type items, uh, pie crust and those kind of things, a turkey. So this beam exec stepped in and said, I'm going to cover this. And he paid the bill for the family so they could have that holiday meal. But he took that back to the boardroom at the company and said, you know, we've really got to do something for these military families. They are really struggling. And so that's how our holiday meals for military program started uh, years ago. It's continued to grow. This year, we are looking forward to provide serving our 700,000th military family member with a holiday meal. Uh, each of our meals field uh, feeds about four family members who we've gotten that feedback through surveys. But we, you know, we think uh, we've saved military families over $9.2 million in holiday meal expenses. And it's a wonderful program. And it's a great way to say thank you for your service and, and to make sure our military families can enjoy a special meal around the holidays. 700,000 meals for, 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 you know, four people. So to me, that's Marine Corps math. That's, that's like 2.8 million. Well, it's the other way. It's, uh, it's, uh, 700,000 individual family members. Oh, and, okay, uh, okay. The Marine Corps, sir, it's sorry. A, it's a lot of meals. It's a lot of meals. I did take, I, I did take math, but hey, anyway, um, $9.2 million saved, but I, I, I don't hear that. What I hear is, you know, people affected and not having to worry around that time of year and having a, a buffer mentally. So, That's right. It, yeah. So our families, you know, in the surveys, we ask them those kind of questions. Yeah. And we very rarely get, hey, thank you for providing a uh, $70 or $65 meal for my family. What we get is, thank you for for making us feel appreciated yeah. and noticed. And and it's wonderful to to see that someone knows we're here. 
and wants to do something a little bit special for us. And so that's the big takeaway the families get from that program. So, you know, one aspect of nonprofits is that warm, fuzzy, touchy, feely, you know, human interaction part of it. We'll get to that in a second. But one thing I'm curious about is there's the aspect of effectiveness and success with programs, whether you're in business or nonprofit. So when you're going through and doing your metrics and doing your reviews and understanding your mission focus, how do you all, what's, how do you measure effectiveness and what do you all consider success? Well, we're an outcomes-based organization. So our, our paradigm is uh, inputs, activities, outputs, outcomes. We have metrics for each program based upon each step in that process. And so I'll just say on critical financial assistance, uh, we've, we've surpassed the important programmatic milestone of uh, supporting our 55,000th request for assistance since, since that program started providing over $40 million in relief. So $40 million out to door to support uh, the needs of military families. In most cases, it's a family that's living paycheck to paycheck and they have some unexpected repair. Uh, roof replacement, septic, uh, foundation, uh, those kinds of uh, repairs. This year, HVAC. We've done more HVAC replacements this year than any other year because especially if you're in a place like South Texas where I am, if your HVAC was on its last legs, this was the la its last year. You know, it's just been so so brutally hot. So uh, importantly, over 51% of the families that come to us and request for assistance, we never see them again. You know, by policy, a family can come up to five times without an exception to policy. And if there's a very compelling need, we always approve the exception. But 51% uh, of the families only come once and another 24% come a second time. So 75% of the families just come once and once or twice. So if, if the families were trying to get all they could from the program, you'd see a lot of families coming five times, but we don't see that. Okay. And so it's, it's really heartening to know that we help a family get through that tough spot, you know, a auto repair that's super expensive without breaking the bank, getting back reset without running up their credit cards and off to a bright future. So uh, the metrics are important. Um, you know, in our transitional homes for veterans, we've had uh, 26 program graduates since that program started. 92% have gone on to to become homeowners. 96% stayed local. The uh, Their net worth, so that's a combination of reduction in debt, increase in savings, for or the average net worth has been an, an improvement of $32,000. And even, even in some of those metrics, like, you know, I always ask, well, why didn't, why didn't the one family buy a home? So the one uh, family, while he was in the program, he got the calling to go to seminary. So when he graduated, he uh, he's at seminary right now. And when he graduates, he's going back in the army as a chaplain. So he said, well, it makes no sense to buy a home because I don't know where I'm going to be posted in the army. And then we had another veteran, which, really kind of secret was my hero. He just decided I'm moving to Alaska. And uh, I wanted to do that too. My wife won't sign off on it, so I'm not going. But um, but uh, our, we do have some great outcomes and we want to make sure that we're using our donor dollars efficiently and effectively. We want to be able to tell our donors what their money, you know, what were the outcomes from the dollars that you gave us? We're really proud of that. 85% uh, of the, the dollars go directly to support programs. And then we can report out on any of our programs with some very detailed metrics to show the the donors uh, how we're using their dollars. Talk about one of the challenges that you know comes with managing donor dollars and showing value is 
with inflation and the current economic situation, things have gone up. The dollar doesn't go as far. I'm just, you know, have to think that there is a lot of creativity and, and fiduciary governance to make sure that dollar is still spent as, as wisely as it has been. I mean, how do you all do that? Well, for home repairs, we always get three bids from licensed and uh, bonded contractors. Uh, can be a challenge in real rural areas. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, there's only one guy who does septic, for example. But um, uh, we do make sure that we're going with the, uh, uh, the best value. So we're not necessarily going to go with lowest bidder because sometimes you act, that actually costs you more money in the long run. But we do ask for bids uh, from uh, competing uh, vendors. And then when we do provide financial assistance, whatever it might be, let's say it's an auto repair or a home repair, um, the money goes directly to the person uh, the, the bill is owed to. So it goes directly to the mechanic or the mortgage servicer or your landlord or the contractor, we, we don't pass cash directly to the families with the exception of food assistance. And in that case, we'll give you a gift card at a grocery store. So uh, we do wanna make sure we, we tightly control uh, where the money goes. And like I said earlier, we do ask for some financial uh, documentation up front, which uh, lets us know that the dollars are going to the families that really need the help, not a family who's in a pretty good spot already. They just, Hey, if I can get someone to pay for my, my roof replacement, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, so we want to preserve the dollars for those families that really need the, the help. Understood. Understood. You know, much like taking off in an airplane or landing in an airplane, you know, there's the pilot, but the pilot doesn't do it by himself. I have to think that, you know, you, you all have been around for a while. You're an established nonprofit with a nationwide presence. So there has to be partners and people, corporate and private, that support your mission. I, I, I want to know if you would talk about, you know, what those relationships are like, please. Well, we have some wonderful, wonderful donors. Our home repair program is funded by Home Depot. Really? Clear and simple. Um, and uh, they're a wonderful partner. We partner with the Wind Warrior Project. Um they are, they are not a competitor, they're they are a partner. And so we're happy to partner with them. They're wonderful partners. And we have a long list, and this is the risk of going down the list, you'll miss someone, but uh, uh, you know, Chevrolet, Coke, um, uh, CSX Railway, I mean, uh, Chobani Yogurt. You know, we have a very long list of sponsors that help us accomplish our mission. And of course, there's uh, plenty of uh, uh, five and $10 checks that come in through the mail. But we have a pretty broad base of support. We have some wonderful corporate sponsors. A lot of uh, those corporate sponsors really are um, the engine behind that is a lot of their veterans that work for them. So a lot of companies will have a veteran affiliation group, yep. and uh, and then they'll make a recommendation on which uh, on how a company philanthropic dollars should be spent, and that's how uh, they come to Operation Homefront. Fantastic, fantastic. Um because without that support it's hard to you know have this holiday meal program work um before we go on to the next part of this how do you as a as a veteran you know get synced up with the holiday meal program if you feel that hey you know what this might be for me and something that i can use well um all of our programs i mean that's that's a great question just go to our website operationhomefront.org you know dot org you can find out all about the leadership of Operation Homefront. Uh, you can read about all of our programs in great detail. 
most importantly, you can apply for the program. So you can apply uh, or sign up for a holiday meal. You can sign up for a backpack. Um, you can uh, sign up to be a volunteer. We have 4,000 volunteers that make uh, this machine run. You know, back to school, we had 230 events. I don't have enough people to run 230 events. In the whole company, we've got a, a little over 140 uh, employees. So the, the volunteers really make it happen. 60% of our back to school brigade events were run 100% by volunteers. There was no operation home front uh, person uh, at the event other than our uh, our volunteers. I uh, have two tiers, we have team captains and, and just uh, normal volunteers. So that's a great opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, our partners, you know, like any nonprofit, you've got to have uh, you've got to have a partner that gives you the fuel that that uh, makes your engine run. Well, speaking of fuel and, and, you know, you're in the C5 galaxy, you're going from, you know, the you know, the East Coast of the United States overseas, that KC-10 showing up there to refuel you. Right. Is I have to feel it's the same way personally that you know, you got out of the Air Force, whether you were in, you know, two years or 30 like yourself, that you're going through all the challenges of being a, an operating officer for this this organization and, you know, dealing with these challenges and talking to people like me, you know, what fuels you to keep flying for this mission, sir? Well, it's the impact. Yeah. it's. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Travis, I, I'll invite you out to one of our events, and this hit me. It was the first year I worked for Operation Home Front. Uh, that year, we had pink in our back. We had one of our colors was pink. You know, every year we have this very stressful decision on what colors to buy. We always buy four colors. The, and the, wait, 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 hold on. The colors are stressful. Okay. So. Well, you know, the the the, the kids. The affinity for different colors changes from every year. So I always okay. go to employees that have kids and say, hey, what, what are the, what's the right color? And I ask them to go home and ask their kids and said, okay, here are the 20 colors. What are the best four? Because we order the backpacks. Uh, we're going to order the backpacks for the uh, summer 2024 here next month. Okay. And so that year we had pink and this little girl, um, she, she wanted pink and she was going to first grade. She must've weighed, I don't know, 50 pounds. Um, the backpack was almost bigger than she was, and she was so excited to ride the school bus. Tell me about the school bus. And mom, of course, was in the background. She was panicked. She didn't want her to ride the school bus. But, you know, seeing the impact on, on the family's faces. So that's the feel-good programs. But the other one, I'll tell you another story. We had, uh, we're working late on a Friday. Um, phone rings about, I don't know, 2.30. And this guy goes, look, I, I I'm behind on my mortgage. I, if I don't make a payment today, this will be the fourth payment I've missed. My home goes into foreclosure. And so once you miss your fourth payment, uh, it goes into foreclosure. And the only way to rescue your home at that point is to pay off the entire balance. And so uh, normally it takes about a week to process a uh, request. But we um, we said, look, we got to we got to make this payment today. And so uh, talked to the accounting team and we pulled together and we were able to wire the funds to the bank that day. And we saved that that guy's home. Now, it wasn't just the home, though. His family would have had to move. His yeah. Kids would have had to change schools. In some cases, they live in their they might have to live in their car for a while because they got no plan. So um, we're really providing assistance that change changes people's lives, the trajectory of their life. And that's what really makes a difference to me. Um, 
uh, a lot of the families we help just just really need the help. I mean, we all have our uh, buddies from the military that are sharp as tacks, and the day they get out, they're making uh, the big bucks, and and life's uh, wonderful for them. But there's a lot uh, a lot of service members where that's not the case, and so we jump in there and help those families that need help. And in many cases, life changing. You know, we gave a car away. We have one of our partners. Uh, we partner with U.S. Bank. They have a wonderful program. They've given us well over a dozen cars. This family needed a car, and it wasn't just they need a car. The guy had a great job, but he had no car to get to the job. So oh. the car, it, it wasn't just a car for him. It was uh, a lifeline, you know, the gateway to a job. Yeah. And so uh, those kind of programs are. Uh, those are the, are, are the impacts that really make a difference for me. So just to expand that a little bit, you know, personally, professionally in the Air Force, I, I mean, look, folks, we could do 10 shows on his military career, you know, general, you know, the general's career. We, we could. But it seems like that you, you got out of the Air Force and now you're serving for a nonprofit, serving your fellow veterans and active duty service members. And it's almost like, you're just as passionate and driven to do that because of the impact it makes as you were in the air force, at least from what I'm hearing. Yes, it really is. And you know, my, my philosophy was if I take care and I, in my case, airmen, and in most cases, a couple of jobs, I had some other service uh, members, but um, they're going to take care of the mission. And so uh, you take care of them take care of their families. That's what's important to them. So like we talked about earlier, make sure the family, make sure they got their housing squared away, medical care. Sometimes you might need to make a call over to the medical group and get some priority for a service member that that's something they need done, but take care of them and they'll take care, take care of you. So the way I look at it, the people that we, it's the same exact people I served with before. None of us are wearing uniforms and our hair is a little bit longer. That's about it. So, um, you know, you know, it's it it's the mission continues. Uh, you know, taking care of military families and helping us all get off to a brighter future. Absolutely, absolutely. So people can find Operation Homefront at operationhomefront.org. Operationhomefront.org. Everything you need to know about uh, Operation Homefront is on that one website. You can sign up for programs. You can uh, sign up to be a volunteer. You can learn all the different uh, portfolio programs we have because we have about a dozen different programs. Uh, learn about each one and find the one that's a good fit for you. And so just like the website to request help, am I to understand the website can be used to sign up for volunteer events, to donate, and to, you know, if you are a corporation and you want your affinity network to connect with you all, go to the website as well? That's right. That's exactly right. We try to make it a one-stop shopping. Uh, we invested a few years ago to make it mobile device enabled. I've learned all these new terms now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can pull it up on your cell phone, and okay. uh, and and uh, that's the gateway to Operation Homefront. Doing it right now. Doing it right and oh well, yeah, it, it is mobile. I got an Android, sir. I got an Android, <laughs> but it is mobile optimized. Fantastic, fantastic. Um. You know, as we wind this down, we're, we're it's November 9th, the day before the Marine Corps birthday, yay, and Veterans Day. It's, it's towards the end of the year. I was curious, what's the plan or focus for 2024? Has it changed at all? Is it still just delivering a high level of service to the people you you take care of? 
Well, we're right now in the middle of our United We Stand campaign. It's a very ambitious three-year campaign. The goal is to raise $100 million. We're well on the way, but that's to pay all the bills for Operation Home Front for an extended period of time and give us the resources we need to be there for military families in the future. Um, in particular, since this is gonna air right before Veterans Day, our 11 days of impact will be underway. Um, and that's the first 11 days of November. And so we hope to raise $350,000 uh, during that time. And of course, those dollars plug right into the programs. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, um, I guess the last thing I wanna ask it's been a fantastic conversation, but to go back to air defense, what's it like? Because I'm on the ground. I'm, I got my radar point at a plane like yours. And I'm in my lieutenant's like, let's light this guy up. What's it like, sir, when you get that threat indicator that a Sam is locked onto you, even in training? What's that it like? It is stressful as all get out. So yes. now, most of the planes I flew had no indicator, but... I was one night we were up north uh, towards um, Kuwait coming back through Saudi, a lot of chatter on the radio, a lot of confusion, and uh, all of a sudden air traffic control silent. And the, the co pilot, who my co pilot, who was not the sharpest tool in the shed, he goes, Wow, look at that shooting star. But it, it was no shooting star. It was a scud missile, you know, the, the nose cone ablates as you come off and it's coming down. And then I was like, Oh my God, I know what's next. So I looked down at my IFF to make sure I was on the right squawk because it's right about midnight. You know, at midnight, you change right from A to B and uh, check my watch. And sure enough, here comes the Patriot. And so I saw this uh, scud engagement and I know probably three quarters of a mile right outside the windscreen. And then I said, OK, they always shoot, two. Yes. And so uh, I said, you know, I don't want to. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm on the scope. I know it. And so, you know, as fast as a C-141 could go, we, we, we uh, banked hard left and dived, but um, that, I don't need that level of excitement anymore. It's, uh, we, uh, we, anyway, we it's all, we all, yeah, we always wanted to know because, you know, we're sitting down there and, you know, I've stationed in Yuma, Arizona. So we would, uh, every now and then we'd get some people from Luke Air Force Base or Miramar or, you know, Yuma itself. And we never got to talk with the people we engage with. So it was, you know, at, at our level, right? So it's just always curious. You know, so, you know, Bob, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me and sharing about this mission and the holiday meal plan. Um, you know, I think about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and shelter and food at the top or, you know, what you need to develop yourself and get that, you know, new beginning if you're in that state. And I just think it's, it's amazing how service has not really stopped for you. It's just, you know, you've changed uniform and kept on serving us. So thank you for talking with me, ladies and gentlemen, if it's the holiday season, right before Veterans Day and the Marine Corps birthday, you know, I'll have the link in the Oscar Mac radio show post. Please check this out and support Operation Homefront if you can. And, you know, sir, as we say here at Oscar Mac radio, thanks again, mission and flight. All right. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. I don't talk to you. Happy Veterans Day and happy birthday, Marines. Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath-laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states, at sea and abroad. 
Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering or donating to a local sponsor group. Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.